0: Hi there, this is Darren Spoo, pastor at First Baptist Church in Tulsa, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. We would invite you to join us in person Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 o'clock in downtown Tulsa, or check out our webpage at tulsafbc.org. God bless you, and have a great week. Well, it's my honor to meet with you this morning. Um, Thankful for Dave, wrapped up a series last week. Uh, and we're starting a new series today uh, that Darren will be co- uh, continuing starting next Sunday all the way leading up to Easter. And this series goes along with a song we just sang called Near the Cross. And for the next four weeks, including today, we're going to be looking at individuals or an individual who, on Jesus' way to the cross, experienced him physically being near the cross now each Sunday that we meet together on stage you may have saw this this morning wonder what it was but you're going to see a painting that we have here on the cross of the individual that we're going to be talking about on that Sunday so today I, I'm blessed to be able to kick this off for Darren we're talking about Simon of Cyrene uh, I actually googled the pronunciation of Cyrene as Cyrene but because I'm from southeastern Oklahoma it just will today be Cyrene okay Um, So Simon of Cyrene. So that's what this painting is for. Now I encourage you every week there'll be a new painting. This is going to be leading up to the Thursday night service of darkness which is going to be on April the um, 14th. April 14th. I want to encourage you to be here for that. This entire series will be coming together on that night if you've never been to a service of darkness here at First Baptist Tulsa. Encourage you make plans to be here it is going to be an awesome awesome event as we celebrate the Passion Week uh, on that night uh, the Last Supper and what Jesus went through on that night Thursday of the Passion Week now let me ask you a question have you ever had an unexpected obstacle pop up in your life that you did not see coming in fact it was almost like a slap in the face Uh, sometimes if you're on Instagram or random Facebook videos I've seen this from time to time there's like these face slapping contests that to me sometimes feels like an obstacle I've run into from time to time you know when something happens that kind of jars your life let me tell you about one particular incident that um, happened to me that was an obstacle when I was first in student ministry I was just out of college I was single I was happily single, uh, but being a youth pastor who is single to some people in the church meant I needed help. So I just remember, you know, all the wonderful grandparents who would just tell me all the time, my granddaughter's coming into town, all that kind of stuff, and be like, thank you, um, I'll be over here. Um, I was not interested in trying to find a spouse or a date. I mean, I was just loved being in ministry. Uh, being a youth pastor, and then I was at Falls Creek. Uh, one of my first Falls Creek when I was in full-time ministry, and while I was there, I saw this girl. She was a sponsor from another church, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I have to meet this person." So, not really knowing her, I, I walked up to this girl and I just I just said, "Hi." I'm Matt. I'm a youth pastor. Like, I'm thinking, if you're a girl and single and a sponsor at Falls Creek, like, what more do I need to say, right? And uh, because all good uh, ministers find their spouses at Falls Creek. So I went up to her, and I said, hi, I'm, I'm Matt. And she just looked at me, and she was like, oh, hi. And then it dawned on me how I looked. I had grown my facial hair out as long as I could and then bleached it blonde. I had gone to the thrift store and bought the worst-looking clothes I could find, and that's what I wore every day at Falls Creek, because that is what cool youth pastors do. And so then it dawned on me that I looked pretty hideous, and she just walked off. So not to be deterred, I chased her, literally chased her down. I was like, whoa, 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 and was, tell me, now you're out of college, right? And she was like, yeah, I am You know, moved back with my parents. I'm going to grad school in Tulsa. And then that was it. Now, as soon as I got back to Tulsa, now I was in a church on the outside of Tulsa, I grabbed the phone book, because this is pre-Google days. I called every name in the Tulsa phone book of her last name until I found a girl named Melissa that lived there, and I asked her to go get dessert with me. The obstacle was she had no interest in me, and I was like, I had total interest in her. And so for six months, I chased My wife, Melissa, and I'm glad to say we've now been married for 22 years, next month, have two beautiful kids. Yeah. So the obstacle was, you know, I wasn't going to let her get away from me at all. You know, sometimes in life, maybe you've had obstacles that have jumped up in front of you. Maybe you got up and your car wasn't working correctly. Maybe you realize that you have a major repair at your home. Maybe you need to get your taxes done. Um, Or maybe you recently you lost your job and you're looking for new work. Or maybe you're struggling with a health issue and kept from living the way that you want. Or maybe it's family related. Maybe you have a wayward son or a daughter that you've been praying for. You know, those obstacles you are going through could be a divine appointment. See, that chance meeting at Falls Creek with my wife was actually, for us, a divine appointment. For us to meet. You know, today I want to look at how God is moving and working in our lives, and He will take those obstacles we run into and use them as an opportunity to speak to us. So here's the big main idea I really want to go with today, and it's this that your unexpected obstacle could be your divine appointment. Your unexpected obstacle could be your divine appointment. I want you to take your Bibles and open up to Luke chapter 23. Now we've been going through Luke on Sunday mornings and we're kind of continuing that journey, picking up uh, where we left off last week, Luke chapter 23, and we're going to jump in at verse 26. We're just going to look at one verse today, Um, and we're going to be talking about this guy named Simon who had a very unexpected obstacle pop up at the beginning of his day. Luke 23, we're going to begin in verse 6. As they led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. That's the only verse we're going to look at today. And so, really, I just want to first look at one question and that is, who was Simon? Well, Simon of Cyrene, he's actually mentioned in three of the gospel accounts. He's mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke. Simon is from a town called Cyrene, which is why he's called Simon of Cyrene. The city itself was founded by the Greeks on the coast of the Mediterranean in North Africa, in actually what is today modern Libya. Even though it was a Greek city, Cyrene is thought to have a large population, almost 100,000 Jewish residents Because when Israel and and Judah were conquered, a lot of the Jewish population then dispersed all around, uh, called the Diaspora, Uh, those people, as we read about, like in Daniel, that were taken into Babylon, well, they actually traveled all over the Asian, European, and African continent. So Cyrene had a large population of Jewish people that lived there, and many of the families that settled there uh, then traveled to Jerusalem every year for Passover. So scholars believe that Simon's most likely a native African who grew up in a Jewish community. And so when he arrives in Jerusalem, he likely came in the clothing and the customs that would be known to his home country of that day. So he clearly looked like a traveler coming in during Passover. The passage here says that Simon was coming in from the country. And this is all we're told about why he's in Jerusalem. However, we know that Jerusalem at Passover had thousands of people who came into the city to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem at that time. And for Simon, this might have been his once-in-a-lifetime trip that he had saved up for. It's no different than us today. We have a group from First Baptist. Later this year, will be going to the Holy Land. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. To be able to go travel the streets of Jerusalem uh, in the holy city and to see all the, the famous sites that we read about in the Bible. So here's Simon. He's walking about the city of Jerusalem, maybe for the very first time, and the city is buzzing with activity. But more so is the fact that everyone's talking about this person, Jesus, who had already been arrested, right, who had already been put on trial, who had just been convicted and on his way to his execution. And we don't know if Simon knew of Jesus. We don't know um, what he knew beforehand. There's a good chance that he had heard about this person, Jesus. But what we do know is he walked right into this crowd, this parade of convicts on their way to their execution. And the walk from the palace to Golgotha is about a 15-minute walk. So Luke tells the gospel story here, and he comes to the moment where Jesus is walking to the cross, and all four gospels share a different and unique perspective about that day. One of the events that Luke does not describe, but the other three gospels do, is what happened in the palace after Pilate sentenced Jesus and sent him on, and that was that Jesus was handed over to be crucified and then the soldiers took Jesus and they flogged him with a tool called a flagellum. Now this is a whip that has bones and rocks and anything else sharp that they could find on the end of it. And And the Roman soldiers then would beat the convict or the convicted person, and in this instance Jesus himself, and then they would beat this person with lashings from this whip called a flagellum. Now Romans guards typically would beat the person until they died. Most people did not survive this form of punishment. Now, the, the Jewish synagogue, the Jewish leaders had limits on how many lashes a person could have. We know that Jesus did survive this. And how he survived, we don't, you know, it's, it's hard to even imagine. But Jesus came out of that and then had the cross put on his back. Beaten, bloody, and in fact, when Simon comes into the scene and he comes to this, um, all these people and these convicts walking down the street, Jesus is probably unrecognizable to those that already knew him. The soldiers are leading Jesus to his execution, but Jesus is unable to go any further. Who knows how far Jesus was able to go, but at some point, his body just gave out, and he drops the cross to the ground. The Roman soldiers, not to be uh, stopped from their mission to get the convicted person to the cross, which is their favorite form of execution, desperately look around the crowd looking for someone to help them. And they look, and they see a foreigner in the crowd, Simon of Cyrene. And they go and they grab Simon, and, the, and uh, Luke here says that they seized Simon. So they literally grab Simon and they pull him out. Now the other two Gospels, they use the word that they grabbed Simon and that they um, um, not just seized him, but they um, took him and they actually forced or they compelled now, the word forced or compelled in those passages actually gives this image that when a Roman soldier would go up to anybody else, since they were a conquered people, and, and they kind of ran the show uh, in Jerusalem, a Roman soldier would go up to a person, and when they asked them to do something, they would tap them on the shoulder with their spear. They would just tap them, say, so you're going to do this. If the person they're asking to do something said no, then that was met with a... A spear again, except this time it was not tapping. So we can picture Simon walks up on the scene. The Bible says he's coming in from the country. Uh, So we get this idea he's come in from where he has been. Uh, Maybe he's coming to Jerusalem for the very first time. He runs into this parade of people. The Roman soldiers then grab him. Tap him on the uh, shoulder and say, Grab this cross. And immediately, Simon is thrown into the middle of this parade and then asked to pick up this cross and put it on his shoulders. I would say that this day started off really bad for Simon. He started with a really huge obstacle. So let me ask you this question What is your obstacle today? I want you just to think for a second and picture in your mind what is it that I'm facing right now that is my major obstacle. Maybe you're going through that financial crisis. Maybe you just got some really bad news from the doctor, or maybe you have problems with your marriage or in your family. I think we can all relate to Simon. All of us have had a day start off really, really bad. So here you have Simon walking behind Jesus, um, carrying the cross. And, um, you know, we come to this point. Uh, It's this. It is, your obstacle may come at the most unexpected time. Your obstacle may come at the most unexpected time. You have Simon walking behind Jesus, carrying Jesus' cross. You know, in this next few weeks in the sermon series, we talk about near the cross. uh, There will never be another person who God is near the cross as Simon himself. It really goes back to a passage Jesus said earlier in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He said this, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and daily follow me. I'm sure the disciples, when Jesus um, said that to them, maybe thought Jesus was speaking in a metaphor using uh, this term, the cross, not really understanding uh, how the cross would play a part in the gospel story. But Jesus says to pick up your cross and follow him. And here we see Simon literally picking up the cross of Jesus and following behind Jesus on his way to his execution. Simon is carrying the cross of our Savior, the tool that was going to be used to forgive sins of all humanity. Simon is assisting our Savior to complete the task of providing payment for the sacrifice of sins for you and for me. Simon's obstacle was, in fact, his divine appointment. So the second thing I want to mention here is, are you ready for your divine appointment? All of us have had obstacles But are you ready for your divine appointment? When Simon was carrying the cross for Jesus, I wonder what he experienced in those moments as he walked behind Jesus. It it leads me a few questions. The first one would be, did Simon make eye contact with Jesus when he picked up the cross? Did Jesus look over at Simon as Simon came from the crowd? And did Jesus give a nod of a thank you? Or a word of thank you to him? And did they make eye contact together? I just imagine what it would be like to look at the face of Jesus in that moment. Did Simon see the faces of those that loved and hated Jesus? As Simon carried that cross the rest of the way behind Jesus and heard the people screaming the words of hatred towards Jesus, as Simon heard the wails and the crying of those that loved him, he was able to look at people in the same perspective as Jesus. And I can only imagine what it was like to look at people from Jesus' point of view. The third question I have is, did Simon feel the weight of the cross? I'm sure he felt the physical weight, but did he feel the spiritual implications of what he was carrying? And if Simon was, as we believe, Jewish, then maybe his mind went back to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. It says this, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. This is my last question. What was Simon's attitude? Because, you know, when I'm thrown into an unexpected situation, my attitude really can determine my perspective. God at times will put things in front of me, a situation of conflict, a trial, or what I would call an obstacle, and sometimes I fail miserably because I have such a sour attitude about it, and I fail to see what God was doing, what would your attitude have been if you had been in Simon's place? The story of Jesus walking to the cross was because of his great love for you and for me. His willing choice to go through these events, he chose to suffer and die for our sins and make a way for you and me to have forgiveness and everlasting life. And Simon's bad day became meeting the Savior that he would never forget and probably would change his life. Just imagine what your obstacles could be and how they could be a life-changing event for you. How would your story end? What would you be able to see how Jesus is working in front of you? Because your unexpected obstacle could be your divine appointment. Will you stand together with me to pray? Jesus, today we come to you with burdens and obstacles that for many of us are bigger and heavier than what we could possibly endure. Today, Father, we ask that your hope and your peace and your grace break through these obstacles, that we can see you working. I pray, Jesus, for the person in this room that needs at this moment to receive your forgiveness and love. I pray for the person that has heard this message, and by chance, Jesus heard it as an opportunity to hear from you. Jesus, may you move in our hearts today. Jesus, may you make yourself known to us. In your name we pray, amen. Before we sing, how does Simon's story end? Well, after he is talked about in three of the Gospels, Simon of Cyrene disappears from the Gospel story. However, there's a few clues that we can pick up on. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas are commissioned to go out and spread the gospel. And they're commissioned by three elders, one from Syria, one from Cyrene, and a third one called Simon the black man. Many scholars believe this is the very same Simon who carried the cross of Jesus. In the gospel of Mark, when he tells the story of Simon of Cyrene, he also says, Simon, the father of Rufus and Alexander, which is interesting because then in uh, Romans chapter 16, Paul says, I want to thank Rufus and his mother for being such a blessing to me. So what does all this mean? That means most likely Simon of Cyrene, that very bad day of picking up the cross became a life-changing, life-altering divine appointment that not only changed him, but changed his entire family. So my question to you is this. Are you ready for your obstacle to be an appointment that changes your life? Maybe on this very day today, Jesus is speaking to you. And he is telling you, now is the time for you to meet with me. So as Jeff leads us, I'll be right here down front. You can find me. I am happy to pray with you and help you find Jesus today. Thanks so much for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of each worship service on Sunday morning, I offer a simple blessing, and I offer that blessing to you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may God grant you peace, both now and forever. Amen.